Welcome to the IFNZ Podcast, home of all of Matthew McConaughey's missing shirts. You like what you hear? Check us out on our website, ifnzpodcast.com. As well as our Facebook page, facebook.com slash ifnzpodcast. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review for the show. It really helps us out. And as always, enjoy the show again. I, I don't know. When it's a night. Welcome to IFNZ episode ninety one. It's a podcast. Yeah, it's it's audio a, podcast. It's an audio podcast. Are there video podcasts? Yeah, or are they just called are. videos? Oh, they're just called podcasts. And they're just they're even their podcasts don't have to be audio only. Is what you're telling me? They do not. We like, can do uh, this in video form. We could, a- and audio form. That's that's what uh, Rooster Teeth podcast is every week. Oh. You can watch it. You can if you're a member of Rooster Teeth First, you can even go on there and watch them record it live as well. Oh, that's cool. So you can you can yep. be there for it and uh yes, sir. do that kind of thing. Who knows uh what technology will do, man? I mean, next thing you know, somebody'll just be like a, a a person in the room, like a a VR just uh human that's just like mm-hmm. chilling out with us, just being like, "Guys, don't say that. Say this instead." Get like a uh, that augmented uh, version of Tupac to hang out with us and Dio. I want Dio and Tupac to hang out with us. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say Ja Rule. I know he's still alive, <laughs> but maybe we could get him to hang out with Tupac because I think that'd be neat. Yeah, I think they probably might that. be able to get. We might be able to book the real Ja Rule. Yeah, he's living it up. Yep, on the Barry Gibb talk show. The Barry Gibb talk show. What's that? There's a segment on SNL. Oh. They're you. like living it up on the Barry Gibb talk show. Ah, yeah. I was going with the uh, when he says living it up yeah. on that J Lo song. I know, but it, it made me think of the Barry Gibb talk show. I like that. Anyway, how you been? I I've been good. I've been I've been doing good. Have you been working? Uh, yeah, doing doing all kinds of things. Not Have you being, been working out? No, I've been. Uh, Lifting a lot of like uh, food to my face. Uh, yeah, I've been uh, I've been working out my uh, my uh, triceps with uh, Betty. Yeah, I take her by her legs like this. <laughs> uh-huh. I put her behind my back, and then I do this a lot. Uh huh. And then that way I'm like I'm basically you know doing uh, what, what what's that machine like a Bowflex? Yeah, you do a 22 pound child. Yeah, you're a. Uh, this is where that video podcast would come in handy. <laughs> that, that way they could Well, I said like a Bowflex. That way it plays off. People know how to Bowflex yeah. goes. They've, they've all been up late watching uh, you know, E late at night, jerking off to Howard Stern and Brooke Burke. <laughs> Not anymore. I don't think that happens in 2020. But I do. Sure? I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I couldn't relate to that. And so maybe somebody else can. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe it's not. A now thing, but it is definitely a 20 years ago thing. Hey, when we post this on uh, Facebook, leave a comment when you get to this segment <laughs> at minute, like five minute mark or whatever mark this is that we're on and let us know. If you can relate. <laughs> <laughs> I said something about book, book, Burke, Brooke Burke the other day. And then I was like, oh, like I got a little nostalgic. Uh, yeah. For what she look like these days. What was the uh, what was the show where she was always on vacation with people? Uh, I actually just typed in Brooke Burke show. 
Wild on. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. She was like, she was never not in a bikini, and <laughs> it was always at spring break destinations. Absolutely. It was amazing. She probably only worked for like a month for that show because spring break only happens for so oh, long. Yeah. But they just once, air it once all a year. year once a year for a month straight, she goes and works. <laughs> She's like, "Hey, I've got this this like twenty four days that I'm going to be shooting in all these different locations, <laughs> crazy flying me travel to. schedule." Yeah, basically. She's like, after that, I'm just going to do some light modeling, but I'm good on money. Yeah, that was from ninety seven to two thousand three. It didn't seem like it was that long. Ago. Wow. Uh, I guess it was. And she's got like she puts out like a a little album every time. It's like Brooke Burke's travel album, and it's just like a crazy like schedule every year. I have a Australian. I never knew this. There's an Australian re-edited version of Wild On called Naked Wild On. Oh, where they were allowed to show uh, scenes and different things that show uh, that brings together scenes of nudity and lesbianism to the show <laughs> and the series that is just it was ne- normally uh, cut out. And they said all episodes were completely uncensored and narrated for comical effect because they didn't have any like regular audio to it. Oh, so there's like it's like they a were, gone wild long episodes. Yeah, it only lasted like a season, but they had like a full season of naked wild on that was that same show. But there was like naked versions of stuff that they filmed whenever they were down there. And call it, uh, what's it called? What's the show called? Wild On. Wild On. So it's like Wild On Gone Wild. <laughs> it would be. I don't know. It just said it was called Naked Wild On. That's what I would call it, though, for the time. That That is. I, I don't know. When did when did Girls Gone Wild start? Probably. Was, this was definitely of the time, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I would say it's probably around that, that 97 to they, 03. They probably didn't do Gone Wild because they probably that, that like guy, trademarked. That, they, yeah, I was going to say, I bet that that guy like had everything trademarked oh, yeah. to a T and made sure that nobody was going to get any of his shit. Hey, but Rugrats went wild. Uh, Rugrats they did. gone wild. And or go wild. Rugrats, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have anything. Oh. <laughs> let's, let's dip into some fun news. I, uh, yeah, we could do that. Absolutely. Give me something. Uh, well, how about CD Projekt Red, Chad? What is CD Project Red? Is this like compact disc Project Red? Uh, some would say it probably was something of the ilk. Okay. Uh, uh, maybe not. I really don't know what CD stands for. Okay. Uh, but like, CD but it's Project not like Red CD like that, it's a CD part of town though. It's no not, CD as in CD as you're, in the letter you're, C you're and the right letter there. D. And Project is spelled with a K. Oh yeah, well. yeah, yeah. J E K T like, like corn. End. Yeah. They're a they're a Polish company. Oh, okay. Uh, that's probably where the project is is in there somewhere. I really don't even know what the CD stands for. Like I said, but uh, regardless, these are the people that made uh, Witcher, the Witcher series video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, very very famous series. Uh, their new game that's coming out that we've talked about a couple of different times is uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Is that that Keanu Reeves joint? Keanu Reeves is in that video game, sir. He is uh, the the movie star of a video game. Somehow they figured out how to do that. Yes, and now now you can customize. Uh, they they had an official statement saying that you can customize your player character's genitalia in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Your gentles, uh, your gentles. Uh, CEO said that, uh, and I quote: "Players can select a gender and customizer uh, customize their character completely. Oh. Customizations can include depictions of breasts, <laughs> buttocks." And genitalia, as well as various sizes and combinations of genitals. So, if you want to be uh, a lady boy, you can be a lady boy. If you want to be 
like, have a mangina, you can have a mangina. If uh, that might not be the different than Lady Boy, I don't know if, if these you are want technical terms. A, if you want <laughs> boobs and a huge penis and a vagina and be rock the full on Herminess, then you can be Hermione Granger. Is that is that te- can you say that these days? A hermaphrodite? Yeah. Is that yeah? That's, is that that's still what okay? they are. That's still technical. Yeah. That is a technical term. Like cool. That is like the. Doctor term, for not me. Lady Boy though. <laughs> no, no, Lady Boy. It's like I went to Thailand and there was a lady, and then I found out later on when I brought her back to the room that she has a penis. That's Lady Boy. Gotcha. Okay, but you could do that <laughs> if you if you want. Can you only create your character, or can do you have to create? Can you create others? <laughs> You're gonna say. Can you only create Lady Boys? And my, my answer is yes. That is all you're allowed to create. <laughs> I mean, that would be uh, kind of a cool uh, twist to it all. Is that like they're all like of uh, like transgender? Yeah. Like that's 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 what we got. This is you've you you spent you how many games over the entire entirety of video games you have? You know, just cis men and women, and so then you get into that other community they, uh, there's been quite a few games of late that have actually tried to break into more uh gender fluid characters yeah. or i guess what you would call a binary character where uh or gender non-binary yes sorry uh to where you would have no idea if it necessarily was meant to be a woman or yeah, a man for sure that's not what's important it's about this character and their journey and stuff so yeah it doesn't really matter what they are you know i mean it's not meant to you're meant to identify with that character not with that it's a dude or Absolutely. a girl. That's cool. Yeah. So there's a lot of different things that are starting to pick Video up. Video Which I think is really awesome. They're on the cutting edge. Always. And the cutting room floor. Even though they only have any they fun take news? like five hours or five hours, five years to create. They're somehow yes. still on the cutting edge. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, no, not really. I mean, we got uh, just some funny news out there. You know, you got... Uh, your your standard five year old getting pulled over for wanting to go buy a Lamborghini in California with two bu- three <laughs> bucks in their pocket. Nice. That's got to be my favorite thing. Uh, and you know the whoever this Jessica Glinza of uh, the Guardian uh, coming up with the uh, the appropriate title Baby Driver, which I thought was clever because um, I like anything that is a uh, is familiar with pop culture already. Uh, so yeah, we got a Utah State Trooper pulling over a five-year-old who stole his parents' car uh, while his siblings were watching him, and uh, was headed to California and ended up on the interstate. Uh, kudos to the five-year-old for making it all the way to an interstate, because even if they lived two minutes off of the interstate, they made it that far. And uh, did he have like a booster seat or something? That I don't think so. On to help him see or something to reach the pedals, because I don't. I mean, it's impressive to make it <laughs> that far, not being able to see or know what's really going on, unless this kid's like freakishly large for a five year old. <laughs> no, I don't think so, unless like he got smart and just like threw some books or something in the seat so that he could couple br- couple bricks down there by the fucking pedals. Yeah, exactly. But. uh yeah could you imagine just like heading down and the police thought that they were probably pulling over somebody that was like a drunk driver uh because i think they were going like 15 on the interstate or something like that if i remember right 
and uh, swerving and whatnot. <laughs> oh yeah, the fact that the kids are like grasp plow, like trying to pull <laughs> up to grab and look yeah. above like the steering wheel. So while he's like pulling up on it, it's just kind of rotating. So he's just <laughs> rocking, rocking back and forth yeah. constantly. I mean, I guess in this instance, it is a, a very good thing that uh, the roads are a little empty at this point in time. Because if it was like a normal flow of traffic. I don't know if he would have made it that far without something bad happening. Uh, no, absolutely not. He brought his wallet, $3 in it, going to buy himself a Lamborghini in California. So he was headed headed from the Utah to the Californias. And uh, There's no better place to buy a Lambo than I mean, Cali, man. That, that is, you got to go down there on the, on, on the Santa Monica Beach. You got to find a Cali, that, that uh, Lambo dealer, and then you just pick one up, man. Three bucks, three bones. Three bones. And uh, uh, CD Project Red actually does come from CD ROMs. Oh. Uh, it's, uh, they were the first distributor in uh, Poland to offer video games on CD ROMs. So they ended up, in, ended up getting the name CD Project Red. The red add on is because it's connected to the city of Lotz. Which is uh, where the studio first uh, was formed. Oh, cool. Yep. And uh, and other breaking news, not really breaking anymore, <laughs> but uh, the Pentagon has officially released three short videos showing unidentified aerial phenomena that had been released by a private company, I guess, earlier this year. Um, I think that this was something that uh, Tom DeLong was involved with, actually, from the beginning. Like mm-hmm. his his uh, group of uh, alien research people uh, had found these videos and released them. I think, and the Pentagon actually released them and said, "Yeah, the, this is a uh, it's we are going to authorize releasing this. We're going it's unclassified, um, but these are things that are that happen out there." They also didn't really seem to. Uh, make much more of a claim that this was anything but a, a UFO of some sort. I mean, UFO meaning not necessarily alien, but unidentified for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. And the way that they're moving and everything. And, and that's just kind of interesting that the Pentagon was like, hey, um, yeah, this is real and we don't know what it is either. And that's kind of crazy to me. You ever watch his TV show? No, he's got a TV show. Tom DeLonge does, yeah, with his, with his team. Oh, okay. It's on History Channel. It's called Unidentified Inside America's USO UFO Investigation. It's him and three other people that are like all on his yeah like, team and of people and stuff. So it's okay. Him, uh, Luis Elizondo, I think Steve Justice, cool, cool fucking name, <laughs> and Chris Mellon. <laughs> Are they Saturday Night Live cast members now? <laughs> <laughs> Tom DeLong, uh, Chris Mellon. <laughs> I just wanted to say, I, I don't really see a lot of people with the last name Mellon. So. Yeah, absolutely. John Cougar, a, a Mellon. A little bit of a different camp. Mellon. Yeah, he had a whole camp full of them. Though. He had a camp of Mellons. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh so that's crazy. I mean, even the shape. Did you watch it at all? Do you watch the, the I mean, or maybe you've already seen them long before the Pentagon released Those it. videos. Yeah. No, I haven't seen him. I might have They're seen wild. them before, but I, I have not. Uh, I've not seen them since this has come out. I gotcha. Yeah, it uh, it is weird. Just the way that like the shape moves and it even looks kind of uh, flying saucery a little bit, which is kind of cool. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think that. They must know something. I don't think you would 
just go and push that out without there being some sort of explanation or maybe they thought hey we'll not lie and we'll release this but there's other mass hysteria going out in the world so uh maybe they won't really pay attention to the fact that we just were like yeah this is a ufo it's aliens check this mm-hmm. out i mean why would we not go ahead and let you know like the world's about to end so <laughs> maybe let's we'll go ahead and <laughs> let you guys up. know let you in on everything that's going on here's this Here's uh, here's the JFK here's who, dossier. I was gonna get ready to say it was like here who killed here's who really killed JFK. <laughs> uh, spoilers, it was us. We did it. We didn't want him as president anymore. He was getting too getting too good. <laughs> that would be wild if they were just like they just start pushing it out. They're like, this is our swan song. We're just we're just putting it all out here before it's over. Hey, Shad. Yo, food news. Yeah, it's happening. I lied to you. About food news? Yes, I did. Do you have an update? I have this thing. Ooh, you see that? What is that? Charlie Sour Crunchy Crawlers. Yeah. Crunch, crunchy versions? Yeah. So um, I don't know if you remember this, but there were like these, uh, Charlie put out these sour crunch balls uh, not too long mm. ago, like maybe sometime last year. And it was like hard candy, like almost like uh, when you have like a dum-dum sucker. But it had like a oh. it had like a gummy in the middle, like a little tiny gummy ball. But it was really kinda like sounds kind of like like remember the the big nerds how they had like such a crunchy exterior, the candy crunchy exterior, yes, and but the thicker, squishier on the inside. Yeah, thicker, yeah. thicker crunch, smaller okay. squishy uh, for those. And they weren't that great. I didn't like really the texture of them or anything. These are what I, I thought they were going to be along those same lines, but the trolley sour crunchy crawlers uh, have a candy shell on the outside, almost. Uh, Maybe the same thickness as like a not not as thin as a Skittle. Maybe about the same as like a Nerd, but without texture. Those Nerd jelly beans that you're talking about, but mm-hmm. without the texture. And they're really good. I enjoyed them thoroughly. Uh, I liked the the candy shell was uh, a nice little crunch in there, but wasn't distracting from the actual because it's like the little mini uh, sour crawler gummy worms are in the mm-hmm. middle of it. Um, so I, I highly recommend them if you see them at your local. Uh, grocery and or uh, gas station. Check them suckers out. Let's hear about your Very food cool. news. Very cool. Uh, Dunkaroos update. That's oh, the, that's the big update that I was wanting to talk yeah. about. Uh, they are actually going to be available exclusively at Seven Eleven stores <laughs> nationwide starting late May. Okay. So we'll get them a lot sooner than anticipated. Uh, it will be everywhere else, uh, you know, Walmart's, uh, Kroger's, everywhere else, starting in July, mm. um, as planned. We didn't, we knew it was summer. We didn't know an official timeline, but looking at July, but uh, this within the next two weeks or so, we're going to have them available at Seven Elevens across the US. Let me ask which you this: is, uh, pretty neat. Do you know where a Seven Eleven is? Uh, the closest one to us would be going toward like Missouri. Oh, okay. You do know where one is though. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's Seven Elevens in in Missouri. Like if you're going to go to Cape, they have Seven Elevens there. Oh, okay. I was St. Like, Louis. I know where there's one in St. Louis, but that's two hours away, and that's yeah. a lot of that's like a long a, drive think like like an hour and twenty minutes to get to one, probably within the closest vicinity of us. But gotcha. I'm just saying, like just as a as a thing, like a Seven Eleven is kind of cool that they're getting that kind of exclusivity they do get some exclusives i think they're they're like the big dog of like cool exclusive things for gas stations 
Like mm-hmm. obviously around like here whenever like uh sort of like video games and stuff because I remember like whenever Halo like any Halo that's come out they have like an exclusive like Master Chief branded like Xbox branded like slush or something like that that will come out oh, okay. and they have like they get like limited edition slush cups and stuff that all get printed and given to them from like like Microsoft is just like yeah cool make them <laughs> and they're the only company that's allowed to do that shit gotcha. Like them and Mountain Dew are the only ones that have like exclusivity rights for that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I mean, obviously Mountain Dew's big partner right now is Dollar General. So, oh yeah, <laughs> Dollar General's big partners with so many people. We talked about that before, yeah. I know, but like with Monster, this like a couple of years yeah. ago, they had those like exclusive holiday drinks. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Dole, the company that makes uh, many fruit juices. Bob Dole? And uh, also uh, fruits as well. Yeah. Uh, has a new, uh, three new types of uh, flavored canned beverages coming out, which I didn't really see canned Dole drinks before, but they're like doing juices? a... a yep, yeah, uh, like canned uh, uh, juices. They're going to have a canned uh, lemonade drink, uh, a canned tropical lemonade, and then a canned strawberry lemonade. Those are actually out now and, and readily available for everybody, but... I didn't. I had never seen a Dole branded anything in like a like an actual full on can or even like a, like a plastic like two liter bottle or anything like that. I've only seen them like ever in like plastic screwy bottles and like oh, what yeah. you would get your orange juice and shit. <laughs> I think I've had like the uh, kind of the the short and skinny like just fruit juices, like a grapefruit juice um, type Dole at some point in time in my life, but nothing nothing of. Uh, kind of flavored like that so that's cool uh and the last bit that i have is uh airheads is making a snow cone uh thing that you can buy like comes like pre-packaged in your your local freezer aisle uh they will have uh bundled together in one box a cherry and blue raspberry flavored snow cone okay and then a watermelon and white mystery flavored snow cone everybody loves together. that white mystery yeah they do a lot um, but I thought it was kind of cool, interesting. It looks like almost like kind of like the same plastic packaging as like what you would get from like a gogurt package. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But uh, it kind of goes up in a V and opens up wider at the top, so that way whenever you like like rip open the top or something, you can kind of like squish it back out into like a cone shape and either eat oh. it with a spoon or kind of scoop it out or something okay. like that. I was trying to. Um, I was like, that won't fit in my mouth super well, like with a wide thing. But that makes sense that so you could treat it like a snow cone a bit. That's cool. Yeah, it's, it's like I said, like the packaging is meant to be a little bit more slimmer so it can fit more in there. So yeah. it's only like this wide, you know, like maybe a couple inches wide. But that way, whenever you rip it open, you can actually like kind of crunch it back out in that snow cone consistency. Nice. And uh, and make it wider like a snow cone. That's a cool idea. But it sounds really good to me. I've always liked the Airhead flavors and to have it in something different seemed pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Faux show. You got any trailers for this this podcast, boy? Yeah, we've gotten some new trailers this past week. Um, let's talk about Space Force. Let's talk about Space Force. Space Force with Steve Carell. Steve Carroll. And the uh is it the creators of the office or somebody like like either writers is, is, or uh, producers one, or one of the showrunners uh, and creators of The Office and also Steve Carell is a showrunner too. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, so I'm not a giant Steve Carell fan. Um, You're a small one? Though I do like The Office quite a very bit, but I, he wasn't my favorite part. Uh, he, quite a very bit. He, he was a uh, He's a good character in like the ensemble cast. 
uh, of that whole thing. Uh, and I was like, I don't know about this whole thing. But once the about halfway through the trailer, uh, I was like, I like the show. I like the concept of it. I think it's it's a really uh, kind of neat, essentially. Uh, Steve Carell plays a, a higher ranking military officer who's asked mm-hmm. to be uh, part of this new mission or this new program. And uh, and they're going to militarize space based on based on true, true events. Real life. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and it looks like it's going to be really funny. I it looks like they're I mean it's Netflix and it seems like they're not wasting budget on this. Like they're seems like they're going to be spending some money on this one for sure. No. They know they was like, hey, we've got like literally the main character, one of the many main characters from the office. He's also going to show run it and help us write a little bit. And an also like an actual showrunner showrunner from the office. Like yeah. we're just going to give them fucking money because they've gave us so much money. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And, uh, I, I think it might've been when he started singing, uh, beach boys to himself yeah. in his office was maybe when I was like, I think this is going to be a good show <laughs> at first. Whenever they like, they planned it and they angled it perfectly. It almost looked like he was jerking yes. off. Yeah. <laughs> like where he was sitting there and he was just singing and, and stuff. Went, and then you just see that he's just kind of like Jamaica, <laughs> like session, slide session, like back and forth. And then it turns on to the full on dance. Yeah. It looks really good. Yeah. Uh, that's uh you said Netflix, but it comes out May 29th. Okay. Yeah. Y'all see y'all's. I'm excited for that one. Uh, another Netflix uh, thing. I, have you watched the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt at all? Did you get into that when it was in? No, I know a general premise of the show, okay. and I think I saw the trailer for what you're about to talk about. Yeah, so there's Kimmy versus the Reverend is a new uh, Netflix show, which is, um, I think, not the first of its kind for Netflix, because I've seen, no. especially with like kid stuff, they'll do like a choose your own adventure kind of situation, but... This is a, a, a live action, obviously, uh, choose your own adventure type situation for Netflix uh, following the uh, Kimmy Schmidt uh, and kind of a, a sequel uh, of sorts or a kind of maybe a movie or an event, if you would, maybe uh, to kind of tie in with the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt TV series. And it uh, looks like she finds out that there is another bunker of uh, girls that John Hamm's character has kept uh and and kept mm-hmm. them captive and they have not been discovered yet and so she has to go find out about uh this other group of girls and where they're at and where they're hidden and things like that and she's also in the middle of being engaged and planning a wedding with dana radcliffe's character um and going through all of that so a lot of activity happening i haven't finished the unbreakable kimmy schmidt but i do enjoy that show i think it's a it's a good little thing and uh this is kind of interesting i think anytime you take uh, something that you know we were familiar with as kids with like the choose your own adventure kind of thing and you put it into a big budget thing like a tv show or a movie or something like that it's kind of a, a neat idea i don't think it'll get all of the praise and craziness that it could because i'm sure that's a lot of just like a video game almost like you're writing for a video game where there's like so many outcomes and and how you're going like i'm sure that script is one of those scripts is probably the size of an entire season of the normal show was. Yeah, I think like a lot of people don't really realize that. So it's kind of cool that you you've sitting down, sat down and, and thought about it because I feel like I feel like sometimes video game writers don't get as much praise as they possibly could. Yeah, as far as like it goes, writing so many different endings. Like you got to think like something will the effect of like Undertale. 
That entire game was created by one guy. It has five different endings. He wrote all the music for it. Wow. He designed all of the characters for it himself. Everything is literally handcrafted by Toby Fox. That's crazy. And it, it's it's such a fucking amazing and phenomenal game. But I could not imagine <laughs> what kind of fucking mind shit is going was going on for him trying to write out all that shit and come up and make it all one giant cohesive adventure. But I'm glad he did. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and it's just it's a very cool thought and and i'm sure that takes a long time i know it does obviously in the video game because and the voice actors have to do the same thing like every single like move is a different noise and every single way that they attack something is a different line and mm-hmm. uh so doing this in movie form is just more of that same thing so it's cool uh for those playing along at home uh other interactive content on Netflix. Two things, actually, with this. Uh, they have to use the term interactive content now. This this is number one because they used the term choose your own adventure and got sued by the guy oh. that uh, invented that concept that for children's books and stuff. So they promptly changed it to calling it interactive content. Um, but uh, the other properties are Puss in Book, Trapped in an Epic Tale. Like you said, another uh-huh. kid's thing. A lot of it is kid's stuff. So uh, Buddy Thunderstruck. And the maybe pile. I don't know what that is. Stretch Armstrong, the breakout. Okay. <laughs> Minecraft story mode. That's the one I remember. Uh, yeah. Uh, Black Mirror, Bandersnatch. Oh, I didn't uh, realize they that, had that one. Was one. Nice. Uh, Bear Grylls, you versus wild. And you actually choose what you and Bear do uh, in that adventure. Uh-huh. Uh, Captain Underpants, epic choice-o-rama. Ooh, I want and, to do that. And Carmen Sandiego, to steal or not to steal. Oh, Nice. Yes. Very cool. What other trailers you got? Uh, I've got a trailer I watched for uh, Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country. Yes. Uh, Jordan Peele's new series. We talked about it a little bit before, but we finally got our first trailer for it. Yeah. Uh, Him and the coming JJ. Out in, mm-hmm, coming out in August on HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, set in the 1950s. It seems kind of like I think the main character is searching for his father so he's went missing and they find out that his father has gone to this place called lovecraft country uh i i don't know the principle to this because i know this is a book before and i've never read it oh it was don't know yes okay so Um, it's not just based on it almost looks like based on this trailer that there's a section of this map that you see that is like basically tapered off kind of a thing and it looks like this is like this is lovecraft country up here nobody goes here because it's full of like literally like the lovecraftian creatures and stuff of the times like 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 all these weird fucked up creatures that came out of hp lovecraft's Mm -hmm. mind were actually all real and they exist here and they think that his father has gone missing and been taken there um it seems really weird like at first it seemed like a very like, hey, this is going to be a weird horror show, and it's starting off with like kind of like a blah, 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 and then all of a sudden uh, it turns to like, oh, there's like fucking creatures and all kinds of other yeah. scary shit in this place, and it like made a huge quick turn, but uh, it looks really interesting. Yeah, I, I think it looks pretty pretty slick. I, I like that it's setting it's kind of a timepiece uh, during the whole... Uh, like the Jim Crow law uh, era yeah, yeah. and like high racism tension and everything. So it's going to build some, some cool uh, personal kind of human things, uh, which is makes it not just like a monster story. Uh, I'm going to call it right now. He's going to find his dad eventually. And his dad's going to be white. 
<laughs> to keep breaking the the stereotypical barriers. Yeah, it's just something something new, another another uh, layer of the onion, if you will. Mm-hmm. Put another notch in the belt. Have you seen any other trailers? Uh, yeah, we got a trailer for Crossing Swords, the uh, new Hulu original uh, from uh, Seth Green and like the the fellas from um, Robot Chicken kind of cool. thing. They uh, look like those like wooden pig people. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? I don't remember what they're called. Like uh, not little tykes, uh, but something along those lines. Oh yeah, I see. I didn't know about this. Yeah, it uh, it's coming out on Hulu. Uh, it is a li- it's definitely more heavily animated than what we're used to with like the robot chicken because mm-hmm. that's definitely like and this may be stop motion too but it looks like it's not it looks more computer generated um, to look like that versus actually just moving yeah, pieces I, around I would say more along the lines of like what you're saying like like the little tykes like almost like the little tykes that they put in like the mega blocks lego kits you know what I'm talking yeah. about yeah uh huh like it looks more like those kind of things. Yeah, there's a kind of if if anybody's familiar with it, kind of along the same ilk of uh, kind not as shiny, <laughs> I guess I could say, but it kind of looks like the same kind of animation style that you get in uh, in the new Link's Awakening. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. You know what I'm talking about yes. like it looks like little action figures like that. Yep. But just so I meant like it doesn't look as like shiny because they kind of look clay in a way. Yeah, that's a, a good way to put it. Um, I, unfortunately, I think I am just growing out of, and not growing, growing is a bad word. I'm moving out of, um, adult animation, uh, just doesn't tickle my fancy the way that it used to. Maybe the, the market's a little flooded with it. Um, there's just too much of it and it's, it has to be really unique for me to get excited about it. Um, but it's not bad if you're into if you're into adult animation type things. If you like Robot mm-hmm. Chicken, if you like um, any of the like Simpsons or uh, what's that Final Space uh, that's out yeah. now, like that kind Bowling of show. Rogers stuff. Um, yeah. I watch what I watch recently. Don't feed the humans. Have you seen that? That's another adult animated show. I think it's on Sci-Fi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just I, I don't get overly excited about it anymore. But I know there's a lot of people who dig this genre and uh, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. And and I think this will be right up people's alley um, in that sense of it. It seems like they're going to. What was the uh, there's a animated adult animated show that was on HBO. Was that what was that called? Ooh, that's a trivia question that I don't know. Not Spawn. It's newer too. not the Spawn HBO show. No. Um, oh, it's it's just called Animals. Oh, I don't know about this. Yeah, it's really it's really weird and avant garde and fucked up. It's like the, the it's it's very adult humor, but it's more like uh, I'm trying to think of a thing that kind of compare it to. It's kind of like if you took the humor that you get from the the show like Home Movies. You remember Home yeah, Movies? Yeah, that was weird too. Yeah, it's like that, but it's it's only like the animals look hyper realistic too. They look like just regular old animals. <laughs> okay, like there's a there's like this one still that I'm looking at. It looks like two cats that are just sitting on a sofa, two white cats, and one is wearing like a BDSM outfit, and there's pill bottles like strewn all over the table. Okay. And But it's just them like dryly talking about whatever's going on. I gotcha. Yeah, I, I'm seeing it now. I, uh, I see what's going on there. I did yeah. not know this show existed. I might have to check it out. Yeah. I always it's try them out. It's not too old, but it's definitely... A little more avant-garde as far as what you're used to within the wheelhouse of adult animated. The features. humor's a little more Frasier than it is 
uh, home improvement is what you're saying. Yeah, I will say it's more of a dark comedy. Gotcha. Than than even a Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I, I will. Check we it all out. know Frasier is the ultimate dark. Comedy. <laughs> it is. It's pretty. It's pretty out there. Uh, I always like to try these out. Like even if I don't end up with them. Uh, yeah, I think the one this this one from Seth Green looks like it'd be something that I at least want to check out yeah. for sure because I, I've always like I've been a fan of Robot Chicken, um, even you know seasons in and stuff like that. It's never really disappointed to me. Yeah, and it's always been more iconic because you have so many pop culture icons that they that's were able true. to pull from and use. And this is going to be something that's just straight from them. Yeah, and it's so all like it's all see. medieval time. Like the whole thing is yeah. kind of set in that. Um, so we'll kind of see. It reminds me of. It honestly reminded me of, um, oh gosh, what's the name of the uh, Miracle Workers, that show that mm-hmm. has Daniel they Radcliffe. The Dark Ages one. They got the Dark Ages season that uh, just wrapped up not too long ago. It reminds me of the humor in that, but animated instead. Um, yeah. And I was like, oh, I've already seen this show. It just had real people in it instead of toys. Um, sure. So I, maybe that was what turned me off to it, too. But I, I, it's definitely out there. It'll be on the Hulus. Check, check it out. Check it out. Uh, we got a trailer for, and I think actually the first episode of Reno 911 uh, reboot mm-hmm. on the Quibi. Uh, this looks like it's just hot and heavy, like right, right back in. Hasn't missed a beat of like, hey, you liked Reno 911? Here's more Reno 911. Mm-hmm. It's just shorter now. I will, we'll go ahead and, and spoil this, but this is something I did watch. Oh, you did watch it? Cool. Yeah. Because I got that Quibi subscription. Yeah. I saw that the first episode popped up on there and I watched it. It's really good and it does a really good job. Uh, like like you said, just kind of following suit. It's like it never skipped a beat. Uh, the The station is exactly the same with <laughs> nice. just a couple of different slight new tweaks and stuff like that. And uh, you know, for all like some slightly new different things and stuff, but uh, it, it didn't really skip a beat. It it works really well with that format too of like you know like seven to eight minute episodes. Yeah. Um, so it, it's really nice to just consume in that one little sitting that way too. Um, and it's really cool. It's like a meeting back up with old friends. Cool, because everybody's exacting acting the exact same. I will. This check is like that one out. of the cool, funny things that happens in the first episode is they're having their meeting, and uh, there were teenagers that came inside the police station and vandalized the police station, and none of the officers knew <laughs> because they just weren't paying attention. So the people from like the uh, the state's police officer people. Uh, that, that kind of is looking over all the other local branches uh-huh. and stuff had to hire a security guard to watch <laughs> the front door of the police station. That's awesome. And it's just this like fat security guy, guard guy in like a, a mesh jacket. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's awesome. It's pretty great. Which, and I guess it all makes sense. Cause like, I mean, their patrols were like, were almost sectioned out the show anyway. So like, all you have to do is just do a couple of little bits and do half the bits you did before. And there you got a show like on Quibi. So yeah. that's awesome. That makes sense. Uh, and then cool. I watched the trailer for Inmate Number One: The Rise of Danny Trejo. Oh, uh, and it's a documentary on how Danny Trejo went from being a teenager on the streets, uh, you know, drug dealing, drug doing, gun toting uh, gangster that ended up in prison to becoming like the movie star that he is. And uh, and he's in it, like kind of telling stories the whole time, and it's a really uh, the trailer at least looks really cool. I'm a I like Danny Trejo a lot. I think he seems like a a really down to earth and cool guy, uh, and does interesting projects. Uh, oh, like they got a lot of people on here to talk to talk about him. Yeah, though, too. Yeah, and uh, and just hearing his story, like 
I always him knowing that he had that background, and then the guy from Sons of Anarchy, the Happy, uh, that's on there. I know you probably. I don't think you've watched that, but there's a guy on there that also is kind of in the same boat. Where like had this like entire history of like being in gangs and and crime and all that, and then went to like talking to people and being uh, in in Happy's instance on Sons of Anarchy. Uh, he was actually there to be like the person that they were like, is this how biker gangs do these things? And he was their consultant kind of thing. And he just ended up being on screen. And by the end of that show, he was a major character in that, in that show. And uh, so I was like, Oh, that's, that's really cool. Like that's a guy that worked his way into working like the clean life and a legitimate job as an actor portraying these situations realistically, like, and showing people what this was. And Danny Dreho is definitely like the, essence of that like he is the biggest face of that kind of um, kind of movie making and tv show making and stuff like that so having, Absolutely. having a, a documentary to kind of share his stories i was like oh that's that's awesome i uh at first i had no idea what it was because it just says inmate number one danny trejo and i was like what is this new crazy movie that he's in and i was like oh it's a documentary on just his life <laughs> it's really cool though uh, and that's I on my trailer. I would be excited to check that out. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, let's hop into some news stuff. Uh, tomorrow, actually. On the uh, 7th? From us recording us. The May, May, the May 7th, I almost <laughs> said. May the 7th, uh, Microsoft is going to be hosting a first look gameplay session of the Xbox Series X that will show some uh, real in-game footage of uh, certain titles that are out now or certain titles that will be coming out, just test footage uh, that is going to premiere live tomorrow at 10 a.m. So we'll actually get to see one uh, live streamed and in, uh, in, in function. Awesome. I'm definitely excited to check this out. Be the first uh, real look that we get from it and stuff, even ahead of June, whenever we get some more game announcements yeah. and stuff from their big press conference and whatnot. Um, looks like it's going to be pretty much in everything. Obviously, it's going to be on Mixer since Mixer is their their baby. Yeah, they own it now. Absolutely. Uh, but it will be streamed on YouTube Live, Twitch, and everything else. But uh, I, I don't know if I'll be able to. I was thinking about trying to do like a quote unquote watch party on Facebook with oh, uh, yeah. people's if they want to hop in and watch and stuff and kind of talk about it there. But if not, I may just make like a small impromptu video that uh, people might be able to reference back if you're just now hearing this on Monday and uh, this already happened. Maybe you can go watch a video of me talking <laughs> about what they what they announced. Yeah, I like that. I like you. That is awesome. You're um, awesome. Let's see. The uh, Joe Casada, who is at Marvel, he's a, a, a head. Joe Casada. He's a head. Uh, the head dude over at Marvel has teased that he and Kevin Smith are working on a Daredevil Guardian Devil sequel, uh, which is the Ooh. comic book that they did for the the Marvel Knights lineup in '98. Um, so this would be uh, their follow up to all that. So that's. Uh, pretty darn cool uh to see kevin I, I always enjoy having kevin write comic books i think he's a a really good comic book writer and has gotten even better as he has progressed on uh as as you would assume he's a pretty uh wordy writer when it comes to comic books uh especially early on but as he got on he got even tighter and better and uh to the point where that find that story in uh detective comics 1000 that he did uh with jim lee was awesome and didn't have a lot of words in it and i thought that 
his uh, most recent uh, thing he did for Hit Girl, uh, Hit Girl Goes to Hollywood, uh, was a mm-hmm. really good story, too. It was pretty solid. Um, so I think he's just gotten better and better at writing comic books over the years. So I'm, I didn't read that, but didn't you say that's basically almost a very similar premise to like kind of uh, Jay and Silent Bob? Like God. somebody's making a movie. I think so. About yeah, yeah. Girl yeah. If I remember right, she's she's. It's been a while since I read it, but she finds out that they're that they're doing something with Hit Girl, with the the persona of Hit Girl in Hollywood, and she goes there to to make vengeance and stop what they're doing which is yeah just the the plot of silent bob's jane silent bob's trek back uh yeah and he knowingly did that intentionally it was kind of a, a funny thing um but yeah so so i'm excited for another piece of uh media that he puts out under the comic book umbrella so that's coming absolutely coming, i would imagine probably not seeing that until closer to next year especially with the way that the comic book industry has been over the past couple months and they'll take him a bit to to come out of that before we see it also but, with as much stuff that he has on his plate writing coming down also the pipe that as well yeah. too you know it probably has a couple other things that he's wanting to finish first beforehand yeah and joe Casad is a pretty busy guy to be doing uh doing yeah. stuff as well so that makes sense uh, starting on May 9th, uh, which will be this Saturday coming up, my birthday, oh. uh, to May 16th. So it'll be still relevant for people that are listening uh, uh, as this comes out. Uh, the Dark Zone, which is a streaming site for The Obscure, I think it's actually the darkzone.tv, mm. uh, is actually going to be hosting a live stream of the real life haunted house that inspired the film series The Conjuring. Nice. Um, the house is going to be completely rigged with cameras. And a 24-7 feed is going to be watching everything that's going on, uh, documenting anything paranormal that may occur or anything like that. There actually will be, uh, I don't know if they full-on live in the house itself or if they're just the owners, but the owners will at least be there too Okay. um, because there are people that own the property. I'm not sure, like I said, if they actually live in it as it stands right now, but... Regardless, they'll be around uh, at least during the day and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But a 24-7 feed for that uh, almost week straight that's going on uh, just just to kind of watch seems pretty interesting to me. Uh, Heck yeah. I don't remember. I'll have to look it up. I think you for certain things you have to like pay for it to get access to the feed. Oh, because like they certain wanna, rooms? Uh, not necessarily rooms, but I think like to watch the feed, I think you have to pay for it. I'm not really sure, oh, though. I I'll have to look it up. But... Uh, yeah, it, it seemed pretty pretty cool to me. Yeah, like basically, kind of a way to uh, to be a paranormal investigator without actually being able to go to said place. Absolutely, it's not like the house is actually open for people to kind of explore themselves, anyways, since those people own it and mm-hmm. have it as a house. So that's kind of a cool uh, way to like, and maybe we'll see this more as uh, as the you know this might be one of those things that we pick up uh, from this situation where we can't go out and about is that maybe we get to see the cool insides of houses and, and buildings and areas that people can't get to or wouldn't normally be able to travel to. Maybe we get to see tours of that more often, more frequently like this. I've told Mandy that there has been a lot of different versions of TV series or different things that people are doing right now that I actually almost enjoy more than what some of the actual stuff is. So for example, um, heavily produced, heavily broken down version of something as simple as like a Food Network show, like uh, we'll say like the Pioneer Woman or something like that. And they're actually filming it like 
one episode that I watched, it was like a, a new one that they released. And it was uh, the, the lady's daughter was actually just filming her yeah. with a high end iPhone just set to 4K. And mm-hmm. then they just, you know, drop box the files over to whoever it needs to go to to edit things down a little bit. Absolutely. But it just has like a little gyroscopic ridge. Uh, that they're just kind of like filming everything with, which I think is really cool and more intimate being able that, you know, they were actually bantering back and forth to. Yeah. Um, and then artists, you know, like I talked about before, whenever we went on that stage at app and Justin Furstenfeld from blue October is doing like a, basically a full live concert. That's, you know, like a whole hour and a half, including like an encore of just the live feed of him, just kind of being personal in a studio at home and yeah. just playing music for people almost one-on-one basically. Um, and even like taking some requests from people that are on there too. And I just think it's really cool and really intimate to be in those people's lives that way. And it's not really an insight or anything that we're ever going to get again, unless it stays this way. I could be, I think, I think it should, like, this could be a way that people do. I mean, I don't know if you, if you watch regularly, but, uh, the last two Saturday night live episodes have been at home. And uh, they've been some of the funniest Saturday Night Live episodes I've seen in in a while. Uh, I will say, out of those last last two, uh, as much as I I, I always enjoy Weekend Update, but I kind of like the very first one that they did. Whenever they had like friends and family on that call, on the Zoom call, kind of laughing along with them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they thought that was kind of cool. And then the other one that they did was more heavily edited because i think that the people from like the producers or something were like hey let's give them access to green screen so send them green screens yeah to that their way house. they had a background to them yeah because they all had like backgrounds and everything's a little bit more heavily produced yeah but it seemed like they were really on that second episode like sketch wise for everybody else were really on a roll with things because they they had that format kind of down a little bit yeah better. Yeah, but yeah, it was definitely a a, a, a really cool format. I, I liked seeing the ins and outs. I think yeah. it's really funny that Kate McKinnon's was like the whole thing was just like I'm not wearing makeup, my hair is messy, and I'm my cat's in every fucking shot <laughs> of everything, and it's it's awesome. What she was trying to pull off like all of the different cats, but it was the same cat. Like, <laughs> yeah, I love that so much. That was such a good sketch. <laughs> yes, um, we have confirmation that NASA. Uh, the NASA administration is working with Tom Cruise to actually be able to film a movie in space. Nice. So uh, they nice. are going to be, they're working to get, uh, I think uh, Elon Musk is is kind of working with us as well with the SpaceX I, program. I, I, was, yeah, I was going to say, I think it had SpaceX was doing stuff with it. Yeah, too. and uh, which SpaceX is kind of saving the NASA program anyways, it sounds like. Like without that, there's only there's only like one half of a, a spaceship is going up into space, uh, without the other half being funded by Elon, uh, who just had a kid recently mm-hmm. that has a weird name with just letters and numbers. Somebody broke it down. It basically means Kyle. Oh. <laughs> is that uh, legit? I saw, I saw I saw it on Reddit. Like the symbols and stuff like that. Whenever you break it down to certain aspects, it's like K I. And so it's like Kai, Y, and then uh, is the answer for like a, a algorithm that's in the middle. And then the last one is spells like Y-E. So it's like, it's basically Kyle is oh, okay. his name. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Tom Cruise uh, always pushing the boundaries when it comes to uh, stunt uh, work and trying to film stuff. So I hope he has an amazing scream like he did in that Mummy remake. The, the fact that he is actually going to go to space for this is just like... Uh, on one half, it's like, yeah, that's surprising and wild. And the other half, it's like, 
not surprised that it's him. Like, if anybody was going to go to space to film a movie, it's Tom Cruise. Yeah, because all of his uh, all of his gods are from space. So uh, all those aliens and stuff. So you know, I mean, it makes sense. He's probably like, I'm gonna, worst case scenario. I'm already basically halfway home. That's right. Uh, to his home of homes. He, it's working for him. Uh, Mortal Kombat annou- 11 announced a uh, new expansion today. Uh, or not today, yesterday, titled Aftermath. It's adding in a bunch Ooh. of new story content, as well as uh, a few new characters that they're going to drop all at the same time. Uh, one is Fujin, who is a character I don't know. Uh, Shiva, who is a character that has existed for quite a while. That's uh, uh, the the tiger from Walking Dead. Shiva? Maybe it's not. I can't remember. What I, I don't thought. think it's Shiva, is it? I might have made that up. If I type in Shiva, let's see if it pops up more than Mortal Kombat. Shiva the Tiger, yeah. Oh, cool. Well, it's basically Shiva from Mortal Kombat is a four-armed species of the same ilk of that of Goro. Okay. Uh, And then the new big DLC character that that was uh, 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 roughly kind of announced recently, uh, but rumored anyway, uh, is RoboCop. We're getting RoboCop in the game. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. You know, Fight one-on-one RoboCop v Terminator. That's a possibility now in a video game. Yeah, that's wild. Which is kind of crazy. And they're not done with the characters, like I said before. I think they've got, like, another... I think it was somewhere upwards of, like, 40 to 50 characters that they plan on announcing and releasing for this game before it's finished. Oh, I got you. Um, so it's, it's still got quite a ways to go. That's just the first big expansion of this game. Uh, plus, they keep adding in new characters every month and a half, basically, uh, just as the time goes along. Uh, it'll probably be another like six months or so before we see another DLC drop with like three characters at once kind of a thing. But really cool that they're adding in all these movie tie-in characters and stuff. You get to see all those weird dream matchups that you would say like as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Like, Who's tougher? Or your toys Spawn? are fighting together. Or, yeah. Or And then now you actually really can find out. That's why. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, we got uh, we got the official title for Space Jam Two, the the King James version of Space Jam uh, is going to be Space Jam: A New Legacy. Wow! Is the the uh, subtitle? Is that what you call that? It's not a subtitle. I uh, yeah, I mean title. It's the the. It's just the title. Part of the title. Yeah, good point. Yeah, uh, yeah. Space Jam colon A New Legacy. For some reason, we can't just call it Space Jam Two. I don't know why. Um, no, but uh, but yeah, so they're they're moving forward with it, uh, and it looks like I think uh, LeBron had said something along the lines of they've obviously got a lot of animation work to do on this movie, so their due date isn't really being affected by it as of by anything as of right now because it's a 2021 due date uh, or uh, release date tw- July 20 or July 16th. 2021 um and so i think they've done all of their human filming already had already finished all that and so it was just a matter of all of they got to put in all the bugs bunnies and and his friends into it so that's the part that's going to take them a long time you ever time. seen any of the the footage that's out there of like b-roll footage that they have of like michael jordan i don't think so acting no. you it's out there i don't know if it's readily available on youtube but i i've seen it before okay um where I don't know if it was like on a featurette or something to that effect, but it's like it's basically Michael Jordan acting in a room that's just green screen and somebody holding something that's like a green like pipe. So he knows where to look. 
representative, yes, of like Daffy Duck that's like moving around and he's kind of like being able to follow his eyes with it. And he's basically just by himself in this room. Wow. Acting to this. And that's it. And it's just really crazy to watch that. And part of me wants is like, because it had like movie, like music in the background, and then also like director commentary on top of it. Like, part of it is just like, I would kill just to see the B roll footage that is literally just him in a room, quiet, just talking to bars that are green and stuff, yeah. just to see what that was like just for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Be like, what are we doing now, Bugs? You can, you can actually. Oh, we can't do that. And then just like to, to nothing. You can appreciate that, like. <laughs> Like for as as like kind of cold and dry as Michael Jordan was in that movie, like no wonder he wasn't like the best of actors. Like he did a, probably a really good job for talking to a green pole the entire time. Like that's got to be difficult, I would imagine. Yeah, you it almost probably had to have been like a big, huge sigh of relief whenever there was able to be another body in there where there'd <laughs> right. be like Wayne Bill Murray's there or somebody something. like that. Yeah. Or whatever, walking in the room and like kneeling down, talking to him in the huddle or whatever. And actually being like, Hey man, it's really nice to, to talk to you. I've been alone for five days <laughs> in here. I've been talking to nothing. green poles. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. EA CEO, Andrew Wilson confirmed that Jedi fallen order is officially the start of a new franchise. Oh. Uh, something that we kind of already would hinted at anyways, I, I guess, but this is actually officially confirmed, suggesting that even more games, including Jedi Fallen Order 2, are being completely planned. But they also have, they said, like, I guess some like other spinoffs and stuff like that that's just kind of tied to where we're at in this universe right now. Okay. So we'll have a full-on two, maybe even a three. I don't know how far they plan on going with it or whatever, but we may even get some other little side characters that they may introduce uh, down the road or something that we'll actually get to kind of play as, either in DLC or other games entirely. Cool. Well, in other Star Wars news, keeping with the theme, uh, in the wake of uh, our Star Wars day of May the 4th, uh, we got some other news. We got news that Taika Waititi is indeed going to be directing a Star Wars film that is confirmed mm-hmm. now. Uh, when we and talked, co-writing, too. Yeah, and when we talked about awesome. it last week, it was kind of rumored. Still, nothing was. It was like, yeah, that's a thing that has been talked about, but uh, it's all official in there. Um, we also got uh, some news about the uh, the first look of what Baby Yoda looks like or the child looks like in Mandalorian Season 2. Uh, nice. Robert Rodriguez shared a picture. He is directing a, an episode of The Mandalorian Season 2 and showed off a, a picture of uh, the child. And guess what? He looks exactly looks the same. The same. <laughs> uh, Yay. He's all small and sitting down and, and playing with a ball. So that means that... I mean, I guess that doesn't mean much for time gap because uh, the uh, the Yoda creatures seem to age pretty slowly. Um, as far as <laughs> it's been like 50 years, <laughs> he's a hundred and now. the Mandalorian is just like old and shit inside of the armor. <laughs> yes. That kid's just sitting there smiling. He's just still cruising along. Still a little baby. He knows like two words now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, we also got con- confirmation that Hayden Christensen will be reprising his role as Anakin Skywalker in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Ooh. Yeah. So my guess is we're talking flashbacks. Uh, for this, I don't think it's going to be anything where somehow Obi-Wan's just like meeting up with Darth Vader at any point in time during the series and being like, Anakin, you can still make it back. You can still go to the good side. (laughs) He's just like, you cut off my legs (laughs) and my arms. 
Like he just constantly is just like going to visit him. Like a, it's like somebody like a, a bad breakup and the girlfriend won't like. <laughs> it's like like Vader's in a home. <laughs> hey, how you doing, buddy? Playing canasta. You doing all right. And what then, about Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga? Yeah, it's happening. I know. I'm, I'm really excited for this. It's I got announced uh, it, it's coming out this year, too. They've been saying that, but they won't give me a damn date. I need a date. This is the only twenty. This is the only get. I I look. I I actually. This is. I'm really excited about this game. I look for the release date for this probably once a month. I'll go back and be like, "When Skywalker Saga coming out?" And I still get nothing out of it. It's ever 2020. Yeah. So I guess as the title suggests, you're going to get to play through all nine films in a brand new game. Uh, they're they're not. It's not just a rehash of what has already existed. I mean, obviously it is to yeah. a certain extent, but I meant like they're redesigning the game specifically for yes. new engines for these consoles and stuff. It's not just like mapping over all the shit that exists. There's going to be new scenes. There's going to be new gameplay. Apparently, there's like more uh, more space combat and stuff that's involved as yeah. well. And you'll get to span all nine sagas. I even seen like on the cover. If you look behind Vader, you can see like Ray, and she's holding yep. the gold saber. Yeah, it sounds like uh, it's gonna be well, more really uh, cool. more open worldy a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything's gonna be consistent across each episode. Whereas like now, if you play the original trilogy versus the prequel trilogy versus Force Awakens was the last one that came out, everything's mm-hmm. really inconsistent because they're obviously built at way different times. So talking right. about getting all nine stories all consistently built generally the same i'm super pumped for this yeah me too for sure i also like i'm really excited because of the possibilities of how many characters you can go back and yeah. replay levels through with Absolutely. free play like you can go through like hey i'm running through naboo as ray and fighting you know like you know uh, trade trade federation joys and shit like that and whatnot it would be really just kind of cool yeah to utilize all those different gameplays and stuff like that. am i remembering right that they've got it's over 500 characters that you can play yeah, if I remember reading, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's a lot of work. They did a lot of work because it's not it's not not for nothing to be able to drop. I think it's still the TT Games, is it not? Yeah, that's making this. Yep. I don't think I don't think they have ever stopped. No, they they were like, hey, you want to make a uh, Lego game? And they're like, yep. <laughs> and that's been it ever since. Right. I think yeah, established in two thousand five. Uh, was Lego Batman and, probably and, the first one? And established in 2005 in a merger with Water Brothers Interactive Entertainment. Uh, that was who that's who their parent organization is yeah. still. Mm-hmm. And this is like all they've ever made, basically. That's awesome. Yep. Love it. Um, got? We got uh, a tease that the rubber man will be returning for American Horror Story season 10. Uh, so oh, the rubber man, the rubber man. I thought you said the rubber band will be returning. And I was just like, what the hell are you talking <laughs> you about? Know, the rubber band. Rubber bands never went away. The rubber band man. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, the rubber man, which we haven't seen since season one, uh, if I remember right, maybe he popped up. I don't think so, though, uh, is uh, it's going to be returning for season 10, which we never really found out anything about said rubber band. Right. It was just kind of a, a weird kind of element to. Uh, American Horror Story, which also uh, kind of just opened the gates to uh, the fact that, hey, when you watch the show, you're going to see like three or four different weird storylines. Some of them may be explained and wrapped up. Some of them maybe not. And mm-hmm. uh, and so that's cool that they're going to circle back around on that. And maybe we still won't find out anything and he'll just be weird again. And we'll see more of it. I think that that is more than likely what's going to happen. <laughs> also, going into TT Games' website. Uh-huh. 
and going further back, they actually, before they became acquainted with uh, Warner Brothers games back in 2005, from 1994 and upwards, they made games uh, with a bunch of different other people. A couple that were just PC-only games. Uh, they they are the reason why uh, a lot of uh, movie tie-in games exist. So like Bram Stoker's Dracula game, uh, Mickey Mania, uh, which was an old SNES and yep. Genesis title. Uh-huh. Uh, and the any of the Toy Story games properties have all been under their stuff, and uh, oh. they also made apparently a couple of Crash games too that I didn't know. Like they they're they're the ones that created uh, Crash Bandicoot, The Wrath of the Cortex, and Twin Sanity. Nice. So they had some other like movie tie-in games, but ever since that acquisition happens, it looks like for the most part it's specifically just Lego titles. Yeah. I mean, really, they have no other time to work on anything else. I think yeah. with as many properties as they they have. So, I don't know. yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Tiger King is getting a new TV series. Yes, in the form of a docudrama, scripted. Scripted yes. docudrama. I guess that's with yeah with Nicolas Cage set to star as Joe Exotic himself. He is. How you feel about how you feel about this cast? It's perfect casting that I just didn't even see coming. Like I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, yeah, that's it. Like I knew that they were talking about. It. I knew that they were talking about casting and and that this was a a, a thing that was potentially going to happen. But when I saw that casting, he was nowhere on my radar. Nicolas Cage was. But then when I saw it, I was like. Yeah, absolutely. That I I don't want to see anybody else in it except for him. <laughs> I, I I I recently installed uh, TikTok to kind of check it out and see what that's about because yes. I really don't know overtly too much about it. Because at first, you know, everybody was like, "Oh, it's also all people doing stupid voiceovers and stuff like that." But there is some original content on there that's very Vine esque in uh-huh. a way. Even some old Viners are on there as well. But there's some celebrities that are on there, and uh, Thomas Lennon from Reno 911 fame. Uh-huh. Uh, is is on there as well, and he did a uh, a TikTok recently of him uh, dressed up as uh, as the lieutenant from from Reno nine one one with his boots on dancing. But then the other thing is him dressed up as Joe Exotic, and it's not even joking. Two at perfect looks almost exactly like <laughs> Joe Exotic, and I would be willing to bet because he's such a good character actor and can do so much with his voice. He could probably do that voice and be a spot on, like just bit for bit representation (laughs) of that guy. Uh, I mean, like I'm not even joking. It's scary how much he fucking looks like him whenever he goes the full, like handlebar mustache, the hair with like the wig on and stuff like that. I I don't, I know you don't have TikTok more than likely, but if there was a way that I'll find the video, I'll try to send it to you because it is, I'm not even joking. It's scary how much he looks like him. It's fucking crazy. That's funny. Yeah. I like what you get. Um, so they have announced that we are getting for sure a new Tony Hawk pro skater video game this year. It is official. Um, they have not said whether it is a remake or if it's a six or if it's some other offshoot, uh, remember Who makes Tony Hawk. Is that EA? Uh, it's Activision. Okay. Uh, right. Cause it's the eyeball and the stick. Yeah. Um, or at least it was, no, that's, that's never soft. Oh, they, they're the makers. They're the creators of the game. Activision, I believe is the publisher though. Oh, okay. I, there's, I relate things together, even though they're not the same thing. Uh, yeah, I, I, you're, <laughs> you're, you're right there. I saw the eyeball and the stake and I saw Activision. So I guess Activision's logo just whirls around, doesn't it? And just kind of, 
has the V in the middle and it just whoop, yeah. whoops around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they've they've confirmed a game is released. Whether it's going to be a remake, whether it's going to be a Tony Hawk Pro Skater 6, or if it's going to be something... I mean, we even talked about there was a rumor of something along the lines of like Alcatraz being like the name of the game uh, at some point in time. Uh, but it is happening. Uh, but a lot of mystery around it still. But uh, we'll keep everybody posted as we hear more about it. Because I think you and I are both pumped for a, a Tony Ho- a Tony Hook. Yeah, as much as I really enjoyed the skate games as well, they were very much so a lot more physics based. And to me, with that type of format, I like having something like a Tony Hawk where it's a little bit more tight knit. It's not like so loosey goosey with the character. They're trying to go like with the skate games that make it a little bit more hyper realistic, even though like, you know, like more ragdolly physics and stuff, which they could do with a Tony Hawk, I suppose. But I'm like, I'm actually playing a video game. I want to nail these moves. I want to do the moves. And the only skill based stuff that I want to do with it is staying up on the board and making sure that that meter doesn't tilt too far. one direction. I want to hit triangle and be able to grind like for a mile if I want to, no matter how unrealistic it is. Yeah. I mean, you're Uh, not, you're not doing a, you're not playing super smash brothers, uh, trying to, play realistically how do i punch somebody in the and how much force i need to do you just you want to smash a button and punch somebody in the face yeah uh probably arguably the most important news out of this whole segment is uh stephanie myers yes. uh, is releasing the fifth twilight book in Blood the saga. Moon. uh it's is a series it comes out this august it's called midnight sun oh midnight sun why did i think it was blood moon <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Uh, but the seri- book in the series it comes out this August called Midnight Sun and it tells the tale from Edward's perspective. I like that. I uh, I don't know if this is meant to be like book one of four for this new franchise kind of a thing. Like if it's just going to follow suit with the exact same thing or if we're like plowing through the entire saga in just one book kind of a thing. Because what they're saying, I thought it wasn't necessarily a new story. It seems like she's just rehashing some shit, but kind of going with the inner, you know, inner thoughts and stuff like that of of Edward's perspective with the story. Yeah, I think what we're going to see from what I understood of it, uh, which I love that we're deep diving into Twilight, uh, is that uh, I think what we're going to see is the moment that Edward meets up and first sets eyes on Bella and, and wants to realizes that there's something different about her. Uh, I think we're going to see everything from his perspective, why he disappeared uh, for days, why he couldn't be around her, what he was feeling and going through uh, on that side of it, uh, mixed with and intermingled with flashbacks probably to like him in the olden times, like before he was a vampire, when he had a wife and and all of that side of it. I think it'll be kind of inner interweaved together. And uh, I think you could probably easily do the whole the whole uh, the whole story uh, through his eyes. I don't. Hopefully, she doesn't just run four books of here's what was going on on the other side of the of the brain on, on it. Because I think as it as it goes on, it probably gives a little bit more insight to Edwards what's going on in his head because he and Bella develop a relationship and talk to each other uh, more frequently, and so he's actually sharing his feelings throughout that. Whereas at the beginning of it all, there's a lot of like, well, what the heck's that guy doing? Like, why is he being weird? And why is he, uh, like acting like the, the winds blowing and freaking him out all the time? Like he's a, he's a wild dude. Uh, so I, I, uh, I, I say all that. I've never read the books. I've watched the movies a lot. Uh, and, uh, so whenever midnight sun becomes a movie, I'll check it out. 
<laughs> Chad Schubert, visual format connoisseur. <laughs> I like the movies. I like to. I like the movies, and I like them books of the pictures <laughs> and the word bubbles. I, I like anything where I don't actually have to read that much, like a comic book, an audio book, or a movie TV show. It's like mm-hmm. it's every. It's like I dance around books, but never actually like re- interact with them. Exactly. It's almost like having stuffed animals. Like I really like animals, but I only <laughs> your face. <laughs> it's like uh, you know, in, I really like pandas, but I've only had uh, a stuffed panda bear like toy, and that's it. Exactly. That's exactly what it's like. Uh, what was I gonna say? I'm done with my news. You are done with your news. Let me th- done with my news. Let me throw a couple of things at you. Uh, Throw them at me. We are getting a hardcover uh, release of The Alien, which is the Walking Dead uh, side story uh, revolving around Rick Grimes' brother. Um, So this will be releasing... uh, Steve? Steve Grimes. No. Uh, Gosh, I can't remember what his name is. Uh, But this will be uh, coming out, I think, later on this year. Uh, Jeff. I want to say... Yeah, it is Jeff, I think. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just looked it up. Uh, and uh, they're doing a hardcover version of it. This is something that came out digital only on uh, Panel Syndicate. as uh, written by Brian K. Vaughn. Uh, I do not remember what the artist's name is. Uh, and that the, like, the artist always gets the short end of the stick. You remember the writer, but you never remember the artist half the time. It's always so sad. I should do better on that because I don't want to be part of the problem. I want to be part of the solution. Yeah, sure. get it right. Uh, but yeah, so this will be released. They did once before they did like a... Uh, free comic book day it wasn't free comic book day i think it was uh like uh small small business or whatever like when they celebrate comic book shops themselves uh they did a release of this story uh for that and that was the only time it's been in print uh so this will be the next time it'll be an actual retail everybody can have it uh hardcover of this story i have a digital um you can go on panel panel syndicate.com right now and go get it for a pay as you pay for what pay for it as you want pay for it as you go i don't know what you call it uh you can pay whatever you want zero dollars five dollars uh and you can get the story uh they give you like a pdf or a cbr or cbz file that you can download for it uh it's pretty good from what i remember uh his brother is actually in spain if i remember right and um and kind of it shows what's going on on the other side of the world during the zombie apocalypse outbreak and he's like, I gotta go find my brother at the end of it. And then you never yeah, see him. My brother. <laughs> brother. I think that that Humble Bundle's still going on, too, it looks the like. The Walking Dead one? Yeah. Yes, go do It'll it. going on still. Go it's a, do it's it. Another, it's uh, got 13 days left as it stands right now, so still plenty of time when this episode comes out for people to get it. So uh, if you go to Humble Bundle, pay $18, you get all of The Walking Dead, except for The Alien. So then you go over to Panel Syndicate and get that. I recommend paying at least a buck for it. So for, let's say, under $20, you could get all of The Walking Dead's between Humble Bundle and Panel Syndicate. Uh, do it. Gosh, it's so good. 
And uh, no reason, no reason not to. It's such a quick read too. Like if you just want to consume some Walking Dead, just like get those those volumes of it. You don't. I when I read the single issues, like it took me a little bit longer because the letters pages are quite hefty in there. They do a lot of talking back and forth in the letters pages, and I always read that because I'm like, if I'm going to pay for a four dollar comic book, I'm going to read everything that's in it, including the letters right. page. Yeah. Uh, but once you get into those volumes, they just go by so quick because they're easily consumed. Uh, pieces of media, if you will. Uh, we got some uh, some snapshots of the Lord of the Rings Golem uh, video game. Uh, game Informer uh, put out an article uh, just maybe today or, or yesterday uh, with some little snapshots of this Golem game. I'm a little bit surprised by this in that it looks a little bit more cartoony than I thought it was going to. I don't dislike it. I, I actually I think it kind of looks pretty neat. Um, and I think it gives them a way to have a pretty polished look uh, without trying to be hyper-realistic with it. Um, and I'll try it out. I, I still don't know what we're going to do with Golem. Like, it looks like one of these... Uh, one of the screenshots is uh, like you get to choose what Golem is saying or how he's reacting to a, a thing. And there's uh, two red options and two green options. The two red ones are calm down with like, well, calm mm-hmm. down or shh real loud and then the other ones are like don't hurt us or not our hands and then like you can definitely tell like it's either a golem uh comment or a schmiegel comment on that and so you're like okay what exactly are we doing are we just gonna like walk through the life of golem and that's it's like this one almost looks like he's inside one of the towers maybe this is whenever he's inside like Sauron's tower and he's trying to escape after being like interrogated yeah. you know what i'm talking about Probably, absolutely because, I mean, we know that he either got released somehow because of it or maybe they were going to keep him and torture him and he, like, had to sneak out. Yeah. Because it, it looks very castle-esque. Yeah. So this I, this whole game is still a mystery and why they would land on Golem as the character you follow. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm along for the ride. We'll check it out. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't, I don't have any reason not to. Uh, they announced they're going to work on a, a, a Children of the Corn reboot. Uh, that the Equilibrium, uh, the movie Equilibrium, the director from that is going to be tied to uh, Kurt Wimmer is his name. Uh, so they're doing a uh, just a straight up remake uh, of Children of the Corn. Have they done? They did a they did like a prequel series called Children of the Baby Corn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. And they they put it in. It's just those little pieces that you love so much. I do like them. Uh, they picked them too early. <laughs> Uh, yeah, way too early. But I I love the original Children of the Corn. Obviously, uh, mm-hmm. who doesn't? Who does? Who doesn't? Uh, but people that haven't seen it yet—that could be it. That's the only people who dislike or don't—they just don't know what they're missing yet. Uh, Children of the Corn. They did a a made-for-TV movie remake of this, right? At at a certain point, like within the last fifteen years, or did I make that up? Am I thinking of The Shining? I don't know. I mean, they did it with The Shining, I know for sure, but I'm not sure about this. Maybe that's all I'm thinking of. I know they had, obviously, various sequels of Children of the Corn. For some reason, I feel like they did do a a remake uh, that was almost... Maybe it was a sci-fi, even like a sci-fi movie uh, direct-to-TV thing. It says it was a a 2009 film, Children of the Corn. Yeah, that could be what I'm thinking of. But it doesn't say it was like made for TV. It's actually like a full-on remake movie. Straight up. Yep, but I'm sure I saw it because if it says "Children of the Corn," I usually try to dive into them things. But 
another one i guess it's time it's been 11 years since that one um and sounds like it'll probably be if i remember right that one was a little bit lower budget so you know having a high budget because you know stephen king movies it seems like they'll spend either five million on it or a hundred million dollars on it like there's no middle ground for a stephen king film it's either no budget at all and it's going to be it really is that way purely based off of the fact of like how popular that novel was because really for Stephen King it's either like this was insanely popular or not a lot of people paid attention but I mean to look it. at The Shining even they they had this massive outbreak with the movie The Shining and then when they did the remake it wasn't they didn't have that was a very tiny budget for that and like even like the I like, honestly at that point in time though you have to think that the movie The Shining is, you know, it, it is one of, if not definitively, the best Stanley Kubrick movie. That's true. If, and also a cult, not a cult classic, but just a classic, classic American absolutely. film. A lot of people are going to have a hard time wanting to touch something like this. They'll probably think that I'm going to either bastardize this or make this substantially worse than than what it is right now. Yeah. Well, in It, I mean, you look at It, the, the original budget for It or... Even like the Langleyors, the the um, was the original Mist was it? Uh, that was probably a pretty low budget movie. Uh, yeah. Riding the Bullet, I guess Riding the Bullet's kind of an off the beaten path uh, story, anyways, too. So that one, Secret Window, they gave it a pretty big budget. So I guess that one, that one's on the other side of it. Uh, the Gunslinger, that one didn't work out too well for them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That was a, given a big budget. That was as well, a big though. budget. I had a lot of visual effect in that. <laughs> This dude, uh, Kurt Wimmer, the guy I didn't I didn't know his name. I, I really like Equilibrium. I thought it was a really good good uh, good movie. Is that uh, Christian Bale? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, but he's typically a writer. He only directs a handful of movies. Okay. Uh, he's directed One Tough Bus Bastard, Equilibrium, and he wrote and directed the Ultraviolet movie. Oh. But a lot of the movies that he's written for are uh, kind of like stinkers, really, okay. for the most part. Like he uh, equilibrium, it didn't do well no. at all box office wise. But I thought it was a great film. Uh, Ultraviolet, which wasn't no, yeah. that didn't. was held that well. Uh, Law abiding citizen, Salt, mm-hmm. uh, the Point Rebreak, and Total Recall reboots were both him as well, and they both didn't do that great at all. Yeah. So he's kind of a synonymous with uh, writing movies that aren't super great. Well. Cool. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully, Children the of the Corn churns out better. That's right. Uh, other things that just went into development or in talks, we've got a new Goosebumps live action TV show. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, the last two movies were kind of just weird. I didn't really like the approach of the the Jack Black uh, version of all of that. It was kind of a just an odd take, I think, on the overall thing. I, it definitely belongs in a TV series like I never watched it before watch the, the movies, first one and I've heard so many people like flip flop on it like I've heard people say it wasn't that great and I've heard people say it's actually it was pretty a good film they really enjoyed it as a ride I would tell you that I fell asleep in it and that means that it was bad but we all know that me falling asleep in a no. movie has nothing to do with yeah. the quality of it. <laughs> no, it doesn't. You fell asleep in like, I feel like you fell asleep one time of the Avengers. It's quite possible. We've talked about, I feel like. Uh, and then also they are moving forward with a sequel to scary stories to tell in the dark. Uh, the movie. I, I liked this, the, the scarier stories to tell. In the dark? One would think one would hope that they would follow the, the book titles uh, with that and, and continue with, with that. But I, I think they could do something fun with it. I liked the way that they approached uh, 
that movie. Um, I initial thoughts on it. If we probably rewind back to my original review of it, I'd be like, Oh, it was kind of a stinky movie. But, uh, the more I think about it and the fact that I saw it twice in theaters and, uh, and just, I think about it every once in a while. I'm like, Oh, that was good. Like it was one that grew on me as it went on. So I could, I could definitely see why they would do a, a second one of that. Uh, we got a, a rumor that they're going to be doing Ironheart as a Disney Plus series now. Cool. So that's uh, for those uh, uninformed. That is Riri Williams, who is uh, takes on the mantle of Iron Man, uh, which she, being a teenage girl, uh, is not a man, and therefore takes on the name Ironheart. Uh, has kind of more of a pink suit with an actually heart-shaped uh, logo in the middle instead of the circle. Um, and I, I think a, a Disney Plus series would be awesome for that. I, I think it makes complete sense. And to go for it, I think you could get a lot of... It's a good, diverse character that they could bring into the MCU as well as a good idea for a, a show. you got a teenager. Uh, they're clearly not going to be doing a Spider-Man live-action TV show and I think that a teenager superhero as a TV show just makes sense. So if fit it in where you can. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a, whether it's true or not, who knows, but I think it's a good rumor. So it's, it's a nice rumor to, to, to play on. We can think about it and go, oh. I heard a rumor. Someone said you're whack. <laughs> I don't remember the next part of that or I would play along. <laughs> uh, I think that it's whack to call someone. Whack. There we go. Yes. Yeah. You just you can uh, I guess just play that with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, like and then the last thing uh which is just an, an interesting thing to ponder uh is that AMC theaters as well as a couple other theater chains have said that they will no longer be showing Universal Picture Films in their theaters once they open back up due to the way that they handled the Trolls World Tour movie going directly to on-demand instead of uh, waiting for it to release in theaters. Hmm. So um, Universal Pictures has made a little bit of a bad taste in the mouth of the movie theaters and how they handled it during the epidemic and and all of that and how we had to kind of stay at home orders, obviously, didn't allow us to be in theaters um, and still doesn't. I wonder what's going to happen now that the ball will basically kind of be in universal's court to kind of make a decision of how they're going to want to play this like yeah we really apologize or are they going to be like well i guess we'll just make movies straight to video for a while now well i mean you're talking about like fat f9 is a universal film you got uh jurassic world dominion the third yeah, jurassic I mean, world i mean yes but at the same time like a movie like f9 you're not going to tell me everybody that's invested in those movies already is going to rent and or buy or whatever this movie, regardless. That's true. I mean, they're going to have a really good opening weekend direct to video for F9, no matter what. Like, yeah. it's happening. Like, somebody's, I, even if you raise the price of these movies to like 30 bucks for their like first month of, of direct to video or whatever. <laughs> So much piracy. Like it'll, it'll, yeah. I guess that's the really the, the biggest thing that to move any of these yeah. these models is that there's a heavy amount of piracy, and when you only have, I guess it it happens no matter what though, right? I mean, like you've you're we're we're past the point of getting 
the the uh, camera in the movie theater version of a bootleg. Like we're getting full on bootlegs of like the actual digital file when we get a bootleg out on the internet. It's no longer just a just a whimsy phone recording of the film while it's in theaters, right? Yeah. Okay. That's what that's the way I took it. I was like, man, that's that's kind of seems to be uh, like we're past that point. We're no we're no longer doing things the old school way. Yeah. So I uh, I don't know. I I I feel like I I really am like really genuinely excited and, and glad to know that a lot of these companies are okay with instead of just being like, hey, we're gonna hold on to our movies for months and months and months and yeah. months and months, and then that they're cool with it just being like, hey. We know you're all stuck at home. We know it's exactly. a hard time. We know that it, we, that that you guys are having just as hard of a time with it as we are. So here's our movie. Please buy it to at least help us out and make some money back or something like that. Yeah. I feel like things have been a lot more legitimate as it stands right now with these releases for sure before it comes to piracy yeah. to me anyway. I feel like that a lot more people are apropos to renting it uh, than they are trying to pirate it because it's just coming straight out. There's no there's no mystique about getting a movie that's, that's in true. theaters yeah, or anything like that point. whenever you've already got it out and about and everybody's fucking got the it's movie because there. they bought it or rented it kind of a thing. It's it's losing out on like a little bit of that extra little flavor of why some people will pirate movies. Yeah, you don't get it early. It's not when you're when you uh, can either choose to have uh, your the new release uh, album, uh, the newest uh, Slim Shady uh, thing Ooh. comes out uh, on. Are you the real Shady <laughs> on Friday? And you don't get an early release bootleg. Like you're not getting that album on Wednesday, and you're like, oh, I'll download that on Wednesday because I'll have it three days before anybody else, and I won't listen right. to it in that time. If you get it on Friday, whether you get it on um, what's that? What's uh, the thing that all the kids, cool kids, use? The the green thing, Spotify. Spotify. Um, <laughs> all the cool kids, <laughs> or uh, or you can a streaming service, <laughs> or you can bootleg. Like, you're just gonna you're just gonna wait until Friday. If you're gonna get it on Friday, get it on Friday. So oh, yeah. that's a good point. I didn't. Really I've, think it's about been that. it's been so long since I've had to pirate any music at any way, shape, or form. Yeah, right. Absolutely. It's just I've always had Spotify for I don't know how many years I've had it now. At least five, and four I, to five years probably. And I guess that it really comes down to like you went from not paying the artist anything because you bootlegged it to you're paying them five cents or whatever. Uh, like they're at least getting something, uh, and it's legal trade. Like it's they've agreed I will receive these five pennies for you listening to my music. Yeah. versus before it was but like, i mean like 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 legit like legitimately those five pennies add up over time especially whenever you have a song just we'll just say like that's per song that's not necessarily per album kind of a thing but yeah like any per song listen that you go to and how many times whenever uh i don't know a new song of yours that you've been listening to we'll say uh, whenever Halsey was releasing those new songs yeah. before her album finally came out, kind of a thing. How many times did you go back through and actually listen to those Absolutely, singles? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if you listen to them four, five, six times, probably thirty you times. Already yeah. gave her, you know, I'm mean, like you've already given her that much money just toward that one song from one person on there, and then you look at the like the listen count, and the listen count's like fucking five hundred million. She's made that much money just on a streaming service on one song alone. That's not. 
That's not too bad of a payday. Just to be clear how the music industry works, she probably didn't get anything. Uh, the yeah, record label did. And, uh, and, it's, and, and unfortunately, it's like micro pennies. Like it's like one one. They're really small pennies. Yeah, they're, ti- they're the tiniest pennies you've ever seen. I've never seen it. It's like the sizes of Mr. Krabs Island. <laughs> I feel New Zealand.